Welcome to today's talk with Erica. I'm Erica Del Sordo, here to discuss topics that affect people's personal and professional lives. Join me each week as we talk with experts who know how to answer life's questions and ease your mind. Hi, I'm Erica Del Sordo. Welcome to today's talk with Erica. Thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel and audio podcasts. All of my links and any links mentioned in this show will be in the info section. It's an honor today to have Dane Reese with me. Dane has been a professional entertainer for over 16 years, singing, dancing, and acting all around the world. He's performed in nine shows on the Vegas Strip, performed in Australia, Italy, Germany, Canada, New York City, and sang as a featured soloist with renowned symphony orchestras. He's been on TV and radio as an award-winning mascot. We got to get to that because I'm curious about that. Corporate <laughs> yep. producer and an actor's equity performer and stage manager. He is also the creator and host of the podcast, You Booked It, where he interviews successful entertainers seven days a week who share their journeys through the industry to discover the fundamentals and niche golden nuggets that create a successful entertainment career and fill the gap between training and the real world. Here with me now is Dane Reese. Welcome. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me on today. It's great to be here. Awesome. It's great to have you with us. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, have not had an entertainer of your caliber just yet on the show, so I'm very excited that you're here. Thank you. We've got so much to talk of about. Not. I can put you in touch. <laughs> yeah. First of all, you are uh, you're uh, around the world. You're in Australia. Let's start there. <laughs> Yeah, I am. So currently over here, uh, it's not initially on the best of circumstances. And my we had a we had some family things happen. And my wife and daughter, she's originally my wife is originally from here should start there. And she had to come down here real quick. And then it took me a few months uh, until I was able to join them. But here I am supporting them and being able to do the podcast from here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really awesome. I mean, sorry to hear about the, the bad things that happened, but I'm happy to see that you guys are doing well and thriving. And that's awesome. Um, yes, I'm interested in learning about the award-winning mascot, by the way. But first, I'd like to know, <laughs> how did you get started as an entertainer, especially of your caliber? You've got a lot of experience. Where did it all begin? For sure. So I am not your classical story, right? Most people in the entertainment industry, they start when they're young. I didn't. I was, I'm, how about this? I am the Glee story. <laughs> I, okay. I went from being a record setting jock to singing, acting, dancing, performing almost overnight. I always played sports and a bit of gymnastics when I was really young, but Late into high school, I was concussed out of football. I needed, I would have needed elbow surgery if I were to continue playing baseball. And up until that point in my life, I had literally had some something to do after school. And all of a sudden, I had nothing to do. I was outrageously bored. Only homework was not interesting to me anymore. And 
one day my sister's friend, her name is Chela, and she was over and she's a beautiful dancer. And she said, hey, we need a guy to lift some girls in this Christmas show we've got going on. Do you want to do it? <laughs> so I said, I got nothing else happening. So why not? Let's do it. So I threw myself into that. But let's mind you, this is Missoula, Montana that I was growing up in small place. And at that time, especially dancing was not exactly something guys did. So I started conservatively. I started with hip hop and break dancing. And that was fun. And it took me about mm, two months or so. And I decided, look, I need to do this properly. I want to learn how to technically dance. So I threw myself into everything. And if it was available in my schedule, I did the class. And I have a huge shout out to Lisa Deer, who owned the studio that I went to because she also allowed me to dance there for free, which was nice. huge. Yeah. Because I was also one of the only guys in the studio that had any interest in training technically. So it kind of benefited her and the rest of her students and having a guy in the room, being able to lift the girls and learning all of those things. So I was very, very fortunate. She's a huge reason of why I've had the successes I've had. But from there, things just kind of started moving forward. I got involved with choir in high school and turns out I could sing. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I just started doing it and I started getting to these all Northwest, all state choirs. My parents were like, did did you know he could sing? I said, I didn't know, right? And that kind of moved into doing community theater at the Missoula, Missoula Children's Theater. And then I went off to college where I decided I'm going to start study vocal performance. Originally, I was going to do pre-med, tried to do both. Can't do that, turns out. Uh, <laughs> They're too intense, <laughs> two very intense things. So I went with the arts because that was more fun at the moment. And then that's also when the mm -hmm. mascotting came. Okay. Well, that's really, I mean, going into medical, how completely different, but that's really yeah. cool that you were thinking of going into the medical side of it. This is definitely more fun, I'd say. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I'm very pleased with my decision. I've been fortunate to be or to travel and get paid to travel to approximately 50 different countries. I mean, that's in of itself is amazing. Uh, but I've also got to experience so many different cultures, so many different people. I've got friends all around the world. And that's, that's very nice. fun and very exciting. Yeah. And that's unique. Not everyone can say that. That's, that's something else. And now real quickly, does your, your wife performs with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's a dancer. We met on a contract. I had been living in nice. New York City and... It was my first gig that I booked through my agent in New York. So I hadn't even been in the city that long. And he calls me, goes, hey, you booked the job. I'm really, you know, great work. And I said, we're not going to take this. I said, uh, I think we are. I have <laughs> student loan payments that are due. <laughs> I need to make money. So he's like, all right, well, I'll see, I'll see you in a 10 months. And I took the contract and then I met my wife, Jess, on that contract. We went all around the world on this cruise ship. It was amazing. It was part of creation. Got to work with amazing choreographers and build these shows all together, which was amazing. And I never made it back to New York because we had been together and we wanted to continue being together. And the easiest way, really, when you have international couples is to do ships because it's such a easy way for different uh different nationalities to stay together because the ship is this, its own little weird thing that doesn't exist anywhere kind of. So right. 
that's what we chose to do. And then we kept working together, ended up in Vegas and had been there for the last seven years. That's awesome. Too cool. And for anyone listening, by the way, on the audio podcasts, I have pictures up of you and your wife and everyone uh, that you can see on the YouTube channel. Um, so what are the similarities, tell me, between being an entertainer and being an entrepreneur or let's say a, a brick and mortar business owner? What are the similarities? What are the differences? Yeah. Well, we don't have a physical shop, obviously, but it's really a about the mindset, I think. And <clears throat> as an entertainer, we will work, let's just talk about the US market because it makes more sense. Uh, in the US market, we do work as W-2 employees. We do work as 1099 employees. And depending on what you do in your career, what path that takes, you'll have a higher concentration of one or the other, or maybe a very solid mix of both. But 100% of the time, there is always an end date on whatever that we're, whatever the project is that we're doing. So we don't just get to get a job and hang out there for a decade or two decades. So we always have to be on the move, always have to be hustling. And we have to think of ourselves as a business because really we are the product and we are the service being provided. Mm -hmm. uh, but that also goes into our ability to hustle and to get work. And I think in well, traditionally, a lot of people would think, hey, the performance world, that's super unstable. You don't have any jobs. You don't know. You're always looking for a new thing. And I think in the wake of COVID-19, I think we're also seeing that, hey, that traditional job that everyone was trying to get is actually not as safe as everyone thought it was. Right. Loads of jobs have disappeared. And... <laughs> I think the really interesting thing, the really interesting part about this is that it's not so much that the jobs have disappeared because the entertainment industry is basically flat at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. It's more about the mindset of our ability to hustle and get new work. Because if you work in a job for two decades, you simply haven't trained that skill of how to put yourself back out there, market yourself. What are the things that you can really offer the marketplace to get yourself booked or hired or get a job. And we have that advantage. And that is very much in alignment with business owners and entrepreneurs because all entrepreneurs, all business owners, all performers have to look at themselves and say, okay, well, where do I fit in, in the marketplace? What skills, what do I look like? Because we also work in a very subjective industry. You know, you get cast and book jobs on 100% subjective things, whether it's how tall you are, your hair color, or your lack of hair. Uh, <laughs> that's a new thing. So, <laughs> so this is true though. You bring up a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or crazy things like your race, you know, that's just part of the way some roles are. Now I've even lost a job one time. I, I reminded someone of their ex-boyfriend. So it was a huge gig and I didn't get it for something so silly. And in the traditional world, it's very, well, in my opinion, it's unacceptable to not hire someone on that criteria. But in the entertainment industry, that's kind of the way it is. Now, that's not to say that subjectivity goes too far sometimes in our industry. But the fact remains that there's a lot, uh, a lot of this industry that is just so subjective. And that's why 
again, it has to change our mindsets to be like entertain to be like entrepreneurs, where we have to find our market, find our niche within the marketplace where our skills, our look, what we bring to the table is most needed. So I think there's all of that. And that also forms the thick skin. We know how to take risks. They're calculated, right? We don't, I mean, I've just showed up in different cities and I've never really been worried about it. Cities, countries right. moved all over the place. And it's one of those things that's never really stressed me out because I also am very confident in my skill set and I know how to make my skill set work for me. And I think that also be, that whole dealing with risk is also very similar to the entrepreneur business owner world. Um, but there is a catch <laughs> that being an entertainer is that it's unscalable, right? We are ourselves. It's hard to duplicate ourselves. If you're using digital platforms, sure, you can absolutely. But if you're a stage actor, you can't really duplicate yourself to be on a different stage. It's more difficult in that way. And I think that there's two actually parts of being an entertainer that generally speaking, we're not so good at. <laughs> and, and it's the financial side and it's the marketing side. And the financial side is, look, a lot of us tend to be very right-brained people, very creative people, and dealing with the numbers, dealing with the taxes, dealing with in incorporating and things like this simply aren't on our radar. They should be, they need to be, mm -hmm. especially if you want a long career, but they simply aren't. And a lot of that has to do with people thinking that it's more difficult than it really is to understand those things, but also, simply not having the resources. It's not really something that's ever taught in any of our training programs. And you're just kind of thrown out there trying to figure it out. So we really do need some better resources to have that come our way. And then also the marketing. A lot of us have great photos, great Instagram feeds, all these nice things. But how do we turn all of that attention, all of that wonderful content into booking work, into monetizing our product, which is ourselves. And some people are very good at it. But again, there, there's a gap there where we're not really taught that. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are fantastic at digital marketing, marketing and content marketing. And it's just trying to find those really fantastic resources that can help propel us a little bit further. That's very true. You've touched upon so many different things because this pandemic has forced a lot of people in their traditional jobs where they think they're safe, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, everyone's kind of, oh my goodness, everyone's coming up with these creative ideas, these creative, everyone's got to now jump on technology. How many people have never used Zoom before this pandemic? <laughs> I just, Everybody. Well, honestly, you've got Zoom and, Zoom and Skype. And, you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a plug for you. Um, you know, just so many people. So that's just another aspect. And you, you touched upon how um, the entertainment industry has been doing well because of this, because you already have a creative mindset. But really, how has COVID kind of affected your business at the same time? It, obviously, we're seeing that, you know, theaters have been shut down. Um, mm. Movies aren't being made. We know that, like you said, you said it, you know, the entertainment industry has definitely been impacted. But what about your side of it? Yeah, I guess as a whole, you're right. The inter like I said, the entertainment industry is flatlined at the moment. But it's okay. Because it's just this weird time in history. And look, I talk to a lot of people on my podcast uh, that have and this is 
not directly this question, but a similar question is asked in my podcast. So I've heard everything from this is the end of live theater, no more live performances in the world to uh, it's going to be great. We're just going to ha- have to hang out and it's going to be the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, get the gamut. And I think it's somewhere in between there. I think we've seen because of this, we've seen the digitization of entertainment really come forward. And not just Netflix and and things like this. I'm talking, we are having Zoom performances, full-blown performances on Zoom. They're having uh, table readings for new shows. They're having vocal classes and (laughs) acting workshops, dance classes. There's so much happening on Zoom and digitally. And I think all of the digitization of this industry and the entertainment industry has always been an inevitability. But I think COVID is really just kind of accelerating that a little bit more. And we're seeing huge institutionalized companies like Disney uh, really put all their eggs into this basket with, you know, they're going direct to streaming with Mulan, right? Right now you can, you got to pay a little bit more. It's an exclusive pricing, but totally skip the theaters, you know, which is huge Mm -hmm. for that part of the industry. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We see TikTok, which has absolutely blown up over this time, and these little bite-sized pieces of entertainment that people love, and it's hilarious and fun to watch those things. But right. I think what's really cool about what's going to happen and how this COVID world is going to happen in the performance and the live performance is that right now we don't have much to do. That means a lot of people in the creatives that create the content, that write the shows, that write the music, that do the choreography – They are out there creating, creating amazing works right now. And so much is going to come from this. And Mm -hmm. I was speaking with a guy named Ben Simpson. He was on my podcast the other day, and he is a two-time Tony Award-winning producer. And he said said to me, look, before COVID, I was so busy. I couldn't do anything that essentially that was right in front of my face. I had to deal with what was happening right now, which is fine in some regards. But he said, now I have the time to read the scripts from the unknown or the unknown playwrights to listen to the music from the unknown uh, composers. And this is going to be happening throughout the entire industry. All these producers, the people that make the decisions on what to produce and what not to produce are going to be able to take in all of this content and people that, were completely unknown before are going to be able to rise to the top and be discovered instead of just going with the easy choice and the usual team that you work with. It's going to be really exciting. And then as far as performers that are looking to fill those jobs, be the people on stage, be the actors, the dancers, everything, I think there's going to be so much work in that regard as well. Because there's a lot of people that are in their say 30 to 40 years old in this industry that have had really great careers, but COVID hit and they're probably going to exit the industry. Tens of thousands of people are going to exit the industry simply because they had built their career up to a point where having to audition and hustle for their jobs all the time wasn't necessarily something they had to do. Sure, Mm -hmm. they'd go to auditions occasionally, but the majority of their work would simply be referred in. It would be called in. The calls kept coming in. It's easy, you know, Mm -hmm. and you keep doing the work that you're passionate about. Right. But as they exit the industry because a lot of these production companies will have gone out of business. There's going to be so much opportunity there to help support all this brand new content. So as much as it just kind of sucks to be a 
young person entering this industry that you just graduated college <laughs> in performing arts college, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm losing precious years of my performance career. Yes, that's true. But I would say keep getting, keep staying ready because I think there's going to be a massive boom like we've never seen before. I think you're right. I also think you're right about, you have to love this industry. You have to, you know, stay with it. I just had my dad on. He's been in the video production world for over 35 years. He was on my yeah. last show and he was talking about how you got to love this industry. So, similar, only because he's behind the scenes doing the exact same thing, only he's not in front of the camera. So it's an industry Absolutely. that you have to love. <laughs> but, yeah, because he, because he also doesn't have work unless there's people making the content for him to, that's correct. to work on. So mm -hmm. we're, it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. So let's talk about your podcast, though. It's called You Booked It. And how did that start? Let's talk about that, because that's a really cool thing. That, that you, When did you start this? <laughs> Pretty recently. It, it was... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So, so that was bored out of all of this, too. It was. So the idea of creating it really came from the culmination of my career in this industry. And the the project before the podcast was speaking and going into different schools or training programs things like this studios and trying to fill that gap between training and the real world because there's nothing there mm -hmm. and i had experience i've been fortunate to experience so many parts of this industry not just stage not just stage managing but the corporate side all of that right mm -hmm. that i'm like okay i think i have some basis to have an opinion here. So I created a talk, I think it was really great, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized how really almost impossible it is for a training program to even teach that or to comment or to have some kind of cookie cutter solution to say, this is how you transition from our program into the real world because the performance industry or the entertainment industry is huge, it's massive, right? People think, oh, it's just stage. No, no, no. There's all the marketing, the sales, and the production, everything. All the different aspects of this industry is massive. And people start one place and they deviate and they go to a whole other place that they're still passionate about and still fulfills mm -hmm. them artistically. So how do you possibly encompass that into a program? I don't think you really can. So as I was thinking about it, I go, you know what I need to do? Talk to people. <laughs> a lot of people. So by doing that, and by talking to a lot of people from all different parts of the industry, I knew that the fundamentals of what creates a successful career would come through. And in addition to that, we'd also discover those really, really niche tips and tricks that pertain only to very specific parts of the industry. So anyone listening that might be interested in editorial hair and makeup in LA, they know some nice little tidbits if they're going to go move there and how to try to break into that market. Those kinds of things that are so invaluable that people just are in markets for years before they discover. And now you have it right here in a 30-minute episode. That's awesome. And that was the real motivation for that. And that also inspired my format. So my interview format is also a consistent interview format. I ask the same set of questions to every single person. So it becomes about how different people answer the exact same questions. And as you listen to more episodes, 
you create these really cool mind maps where you're able to pick up on different things. It makes it easier to pull out useful information because you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> right. And you know approximately in where in the episode all this information is going to come at you. So it makes it easier to differentiate people's responses. And that way you can create your own solution to whatever your unique journey may be. Wow. I love that. That's, um, that's very helpful to so many people. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. That's, that's invaluable information. Um, so who are some interesting people you've interviewed? Do we know Uh, any? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, so it's hard to narrow it down because I've had a lot of guests because I do a brand new episode every single day, seven days a week. So it's pretty full on. Um, but one of the things, I, let me comment real quick on the type of guests that I have on, besides them simply being from all over the industry. I'm very specific and very particular about getting a diverse range insofar as where people are in their careers as well. I've got people that are more or less starting out their careers, but they have had some good success. I've got people that have had epic careers and have the pleasure of reflecting on everything that they've done and sharing that entire journey and everything in between. And I have people that simply have been making their living doing entertainment their entire life. I've got people that are a little bit of a higher status, more celebrity level, right? And as much as we like having celebrity stories, they're great. Everyone loves a success story from a celebrity. I think it's super, super vital that we listen to and hear the people that have created these careers and sustained themselves throughout their entire life in the arts. Because the reality is that's the majority of the people in the arts professionally. And their stories often tend to be much more relatable. You can relate to their circumstances and it makes it a bit more real. So you can go, okay, yeah, I can do this. They can do it. I can do it. And you hear this again and again right. from different people. Um, but a couple of, gosh, let me let me pick three that are, I think are just fantastic episodes. Uh, one is Dan Michike. He is currently the music director for Wicked on Broadway. Nice. And he is an amazing human being, but just outrageously talented and has so much great insight. I've got Anne Martinez, who is a dear friend of mine. Uh, we performed in... Vegas and like I think we've been in four or five shows together at this point and she is an absolute powerhouse singer she is so good she's also world's nicest person and so professional from performance to production to direction she does it all so much to learn from that one and another great interview is with Jose Luis Lopez he is a musical theater performer dancer he has been in multiple multiple broadway shows his most notably his biggest works that he's been involved with is in the heights with uh uh gosh <laughs> i'm just totally spacing his name uh Who's the guy know. that wrote Hamilton? Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. I'm going to have to Google that. And then what we'll oh do my... is we'll have the answer in the info section for everyone. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'd, I wouldn't know. 
I can't believe I, this is like unheard of to space this name, but apparently I'm spacing this name in this moment. So we'll just pass that on. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to come to me as as soon as this interview is over. Anyway, he has worked in In the Heights on Broadway. He's also in the upcoming movie that is coming out. He is so good. His story about how he booked the show is amazing. And there are three really good interviews to listen to. Like I said, there's so many. There are over a hundred at this point. So wow. have a listen and check it out. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive that you do it seven days a week. That's a lot of work. That's uh that's a lot of interviews and that's fantastic. <laughs> I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um getting back to, by the way, your mascot situation. <laughs> your yeah. award winning mascot. What what was that? What were you? What were? Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that. Okay, uh, I was just—I was curious. I was reading that, and I'm going, interesting. <laughs> yes, it's a very odd thing to have. His name's Lin Manuel Miranda. Boom, there it is. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe that. Anyway, That's okay. We moment. all have those brain farts. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I forget why yeah. I walked into the kitchen seven times a day. You're good. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I got there eventually. So mascotting. Yeah. So when I went to university first, I went to the Boston, uh, the Boston Conservatory. That was the second one. I first went to the University of Montana in Missoula. And they have a mascot there called Monty the Bear. He is a bear, a grizzly bear, because it's the Montana Grizzlies. And I was very wow. fortunate to be trained by a guy named Barry Anderson, who ended up, he just retired maybe a couple years ago from being Benny the Bull for the Chicago Bulls. So I was really fortunate to be trained by him. But they have this great award called the Capital One National Mascot of the Year Award. That's a mouthful. And we won that twice, actually. So two consecutive years, we won that, which was great. And that means you're the best collegiate mascot in the United States of America. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was way cool. You know, I got to fly to New York for the first time. And I was on the, we were on the Tony Danza show and Good Morning America and things like this. It was, it was a lot of fun. You're going to have to get me pictures of that, by the way. Yeah. I can totally look up a photo for you. It's really good. (laughs) You, I can tell you that it's me, but and I know that it's me, but you won't know it's me. <laughs> Figured. <laughs> but, yes. But from that as well, I've also created and been part of creating and originating two other professional mascots. So I lived in Australia for a little while uh, for a year on a working holiday visa. And I had the opportunity to create the Striker Man is his name. He is the mascot for the Adelaide Strikers, which is a professional T20 cricket team. Okay. And that was way cool. And then when I was in Vegas, I got to be Rob Master and create that character. And Rob Master is a 12-foot, $300,000 robot mascot for Rock in Rio, which is the world's largest music festival. And they're based out of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and, you know, had to go down there and do a bunch of PR and cool things like that. But yeah, the mascot world is a very strange world and super difficult. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's great. (laughs) 
That's really cool. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me today on today's Talk with Erica. Um, I guess I'm going to put all of your links up where everyone can find you. So everyone can find you in the info section and just click on, I know you're on Instagram, uh, yes. Twitter, and yep. do you have a website? I do. Yeah. You can go to danereese.com or if you want to check out the podcast, you can go to youbookedpodcast.com. I love it. I love it. Did you want to add anything else before we go? Come check me out. Yeah. <laughs> come connect with me on Instagram anywhere, quite literally anywhere. I'm on every single platform. Instagram is the Dane Reese and, or you booked it podcast. Come say hi. I'm always there. Send me a DM. Let's chat. Thank you. And subscribe. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you very much. You have a beautiful family. You guys enjoy your time over there and under down under. How do you say it? Down under, right? Down under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down under. All right, Dane. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Erica, for having me. Thanks for listening to today's talk with Erica. Join me next week for another discussion with the experts who help make life easier. Please visit my website, ericadelsordo.com, where you'll find all of my social media platforms and more. And be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Once again, thanks for listening.